I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. In other words, if you do it or say it or it happened, I'm going to talk about it. Remember to subscribe and rate the pod. We still have a five-star rating thanks to you. This week, I got a special guest. We got a restaurant tour that's going to be here this week. He's also a television star, but only because he can cook. At least that's what I think. I'll ask him about it. But either way, I know he can cook better than me. David Chang will be here. We're going to talk about restaurants. We're going to talk about favorite dishes. But you know what else we're going to talk about? A way to a man's heart. How did I fall in love with food? I always attributed living good to eating good. In each place I played, once I got to the NBA, it was definitely about eating good. So first, what's the best steakhouse in Denver? Oh, y'all got lobster too? I want to get that lobster tail real well done. At first, you're from the hood, you order everything well done. And then you realize that they give you the worst steak. The chef doesn't like that. And the chef doesn't like when you drown the food. I can't wait to talk to David Chang about things the chefs do and don't like. But you know what I was not doing a lot of when I was in the NBA? Cooking for myself. I was eating out every day. And then you know what happened? I retired. I wasn't running and jumping and playing 82 regular season games anymore. I wasn't getting paid to be in shape anymore. I didn't have a trainer telling me what to do and when to work out anymore. I looked in the mirror and I discovered something. When I get out of shape, it goes to my gut and my butt. And I told myself, you look like a kangaroo, Jalen. And so that's what I called myself because I wanted to start training more and I wanted to start cooking more. There are multiple ways of expression to show love, gratitude, and appreciation. What I've discovered is my labor of love is cooking for my family and friends. I'm really fortunate to have someone on the show today that's a world-renowned chef, a restaurateur, a television personality, but more importantly, can give me some tips on cooking. I need some tips. And up next, David Chang. What up, Doe? Welcome to the latest episode of The Renaissance Man, sponsored by The New York Post. I'm your host, Jalen Rose. And you guys hear me talk so very often about how I love to get in the kitchen and get down, get in the, on the grill and make some food for my family and friends and buying food. And it's just a labor of love to me. But now I got to take a back seat. <laughs> the next gentleman on the show, he's not only a restaurateur, but he's a television star. I watch your show. I see you blowing up on Netflix. Congratulations the host, the producer of Ugly Delicious, David Chang, is joining me. Welcome to the program. I'm so very honored to be on your show, Jalen. Thank you for having me. 
I appreciate the love. So I had to make the transition from being on the floor to now being in front of the camera. What was it like for you to do the same in your profession? I'm still in transition, you know, because being a chef and being a personality, I can only imagine how difficult that must have been for you, right? To to think in a completely different way. And, you know, what's what makes you talented as a chef is actually going to be terrible as a personality. So the one thing that I, I, I think I've tried to focus on, which could be considered an Achilles heel as well, but certainly a strength is just to be, and, uh, you know, that's what I try to do in my food. And, and as I learn to be a better listener and, and uh, speak about the topics and stuff like that. Can you explain the concept behind ugly delicious? Yeah, I mean, it sort of started out as a joke because on Instagram, you see all these influencers and all these chefs posting this super glossy lifestyle of all this food that absolutely looks gorgeous. But it dawned on me, that's not how real people eat. And that's, while it looks good, it's not the only thing that's delicious. And in fact, I was like, I grew up with a lot of the foods that I learned to be embarrassed about and then learned to appreciate and if I look at it from a, a white perspective, it's ugly as hell. And I was like, it's all about perspective, right? And that's when I wanted to sort of say, there's more than one way to describe this. And, and a paradox, an oxymoron of ugly and delicious was the most appropriate way to, just, to talk about just food that isn't just things that you see on social media, but the foods that you know are delicious and is beautiful to one person and ugly as hell to another. Growing up in Detroit, unfortunately, in a single parent home, there were times where we had to scramble for meals. So I ate mayonnaise sandwiches and syrup sandwiches and drank sugar milk and sugar water. So when you say ugly, delicious, that reminded me of that when I was frying smelts or bologna sandwiches and cutting slits in the side. So what are some of the things that you can recall eating? that fall into that category for you growing up? I just made something today for my wife and my, my son. It really looks not good. I mean, it's, it's like um, <laughs> you take some beans. I, I took some white beans and I soaked them and then I pureed them. So they, it looks all gnarly. And I cooked some pork belly, so basically fresh bacon and some kimchi. And one of the reasons I love my wife is that's the food that she wants to eat and you know, when I first met her, I was like, she probably just likes the finest stuff. It has to look a certain way. And again, it's judging a book by its cover. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not true. And, you know, it's a very Korean dish. It's a very hardcore dish. And I think in 2020, there's a lot of things that we should be upset about. But one of the things that we can celebrate is having the ability to not be embarrassed about the things that you find to be delicious or how you are raised. You know, I'm sure maybe later in life, you were like, I don't want to tell people I was drinking sugar milk, you know, or, or bologna sandwiches, but it's like, Forever. you know, but nostalgia is a funny thing. Now it's like, you know what? That's what I did. And it brought me happiness and it, it, it got me to where I am today. So no, I'm not embarrassed about it anymore. So there's a lot to be learned from your past. On Ugly Delicious, you also do something that I'm pretty sure a lot of people appreciate. You dabbled in making baby food. Yeah. Can you give people out there some tips in particular, one of my producers, Jamila, who's currently pregnant and can have her baby at any day now. Well, Jamila, the best tip I have when your child starts to eat solid food is 
start to give them everything that you don't think they would ever eat because they don't know anything. They've never tasted anything. So you should don't make any assumptions, you know, like carrots. I don't like carrots, but if you cook them down and you puree them, you don't have to buy the store-bought stuff either. It's like, that's something I took a lot of pride in making every meal. I gave things to my son. I never thought he'd like to eat. You know, and then you start to get an idea of what he likes. And now he eats just about everything. And I'm, I'm very lucky in that regard. But, you know, the, the thing that I kept on going to is I wanted to basically train my son to like the things that I like to eat. <laughs> and I think that's what you should do, too. <laughs> Due to COVID-19, I haven't been able to get out and champagne and campaign and go whole court at my favorite restaurants. How has COVID-19 affected you as a restaurateur and a business owner? It's been devastating. And and thank you again for supporting Wyo. I know that it's, it's near the ESPN offices. And whenever I get a, a text, I'll be like, oh man, Jalen, visiting our restaurant. <laughs> wow. I love that. I love that. Because I've been a huge fan of yours ever since you were a player and all the way to Michigan to your, your transition to being one of the best hosts out there. So I very much love being able to serve you. And and the problem is we're facing an extinction event. And, Mm. you know, restaurants are banks. People just don't see it. Like 90% of the money that goes into a restaurant immediately goes out to the bakers, the florists, to the community at large. And if restaurants close, man, we're going to have some very negative repercussions. And We've had to shut down our restaurants. We did it proactively before anyone had to, really. And, and we've reopened a bunch of them. Uh, we had to close two, which is sad and depressing. But, you know, it's our time to make lemonade. And there's no opportunity anymore to feel bad about yourself because everybody in the restaurant industry has been dealt a crap hand. And the reality is, unfortunately, if we don't get help from the government, you're going to see mom and pop shops all the way up to the fanciest restaurants. A lot of them aren't going to recover. So it's the have and have nots. But in this world today, what isn't, you know, about the have and have nots? For me, I started to realize as I became an adult, the interaction I got in school amongst my classmates, it seemed like I started to get, once I got older, it started hanging out at happy hours and going to restaurants. How about people who used to get that experience like myself and now we're, we seem sort of deprived of that lifestyle version of what it's like to be at a restaurant and enjoy your friends and just the atmosphere? Yeah, man, I miss that. I hope one day soon that we'll be able to do that. That is that's one of the best parts of living is to be able to eat something delicious or not even something that's good, just to hang with your friends, drink something delicious, talk shit. You know, it's, it's, I miss that so much. And yeah, you can do that in your backyard and hang with other people, but being able to do that in restaurants, particularly say New York city, like, come on, man, that that's what makes New York city the best city in the world because the dining culture, if you can't congregate with people, man, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to be positive about staying in indoors all the time, you know? What about the difference in the dining experiences as somebody that's bi-coastal like yourself having restaurants in California and New York? Things closed a lot earlier in Cali. Yeah. So a lot of times people going out to eat in New York at 12 or 1 
that's when things are closing and that's when things get started in New York City. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, L.A., you know, people go out drinking a lot more ever since ride sharing. Right. Uber. The problem with L.A. is like, oh, I can't drink, man. I, I got to drive. Now people are just getting drunk. I mean, before COVID people, that's, if you talk to any of my friends that have restaurants out here, they're like, wow, ride sharing is amazing. Our alcohol sales are through the roof. And that's how you make your money in any business really in restaurants is the beverage sales. But man, New York city, there's no place like it because you talk about doing turns per like uh, you, in a busy New York city restaurant, you want to do minimum three turns an hour. I mean, in a, in a dinner service. And you know, as I like to say, man, New York doesn't really get fun until like one in the morning. And that just doesn't happen out in L.A. for sure. Well, because in New York City, Vegas, Miami, it seems like you take a nap before you go out. Yeah. But also, you know, I used to go out a lot, (laughs) a lot, a lot. And what I loved about it was like you stay in on a Friday, Saturday. You go out on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. And that's when you know who's an amateur or who's not. If you're out someplace exactly. at like 3.30 <laughs> in the morning and it's Tuesday, you're like, more than likely you're hanging out with cool people that are creative, that are, they don't sit at a desk. They're doing something cool. And you can't find that atmosphere outside of New York City. What are some of the places that people like yourself, enjoy when you're in New York City. When you was on the scene, I watched the show. Now, I know, I, I know you old and washed up just like me. You retired, and I know you turned in all of the cars that you had. But when you were in the streets hanging out a little bit later, what are some of the places in New York or L.A. that were I-need-to-be-there type of spots? Man, over the years, there was a restaurant called WD-50 by the great chef Wiley Dufresne, and that was on the Lower East Side you know, the funny thing is there, there are these bars that I don't even know the names of. You know, that's the funny thing. You're like, meet me here. And all of a sudden, <laughs> a place you ever see that Seinfeld episode where Costanza shows up at a like a like a at a nightclub and it's all these beautiful women. And he tries to bring Jerry back the next day and it's like a butcher shop. And he's like, what the hell's going on? That's that's to me what makes New York so interesting. It's sometimes not even the name of a bar or a restaurant. It's like, hey, you're in some Brooklyn warehouse and it's the craziest party you've ever been to. And the next day it's like an art gallery. And, and again, like that life, that kind of every minute is going to change in New York city is why I love New York city. I, I can't give you any specific place because either I was too drunk and I can't remember or two, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't exist anymore. It's just this ephemeral pace that I love. This week's theme is Food is a way to a man's heart. And as somebody that goes to a lot of restaurants, as I mentioned, and being black, sometimes we order everything well done. And I heard a rumor <laughs> from Bill Simmons, the pie father, our brother in common, that Jalen, when you do that, they give you the worst steak in the house. Are stories like that true? I have seen a lot of those stories actually happen. Um, but you know, it's, it's growing up for me. I think I didn't give a, I didn't care how people used to order their meat. And then you work in the profession and and it's about elitism. It's about being in the know. And it came to a point where I would just judge people about the kinds of food they ordered. And we talked about this in the last episode, last season of ugly delicious, the steaks. 
And I'm always learning and I'm always trying to shed some of my, you know, more ignorant ways that I think are enlightened. And one of which is, man, anyone that I basically came up to this theory, like anyone that eats a well done steak is a Trump supporter. And I was like, wow, that was stupid because it took all of two minutes to learn that Obama eats a steak well done, too. I was like, shit, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you can't judge anything about how someone wants to eat their meat. So, yes, I would prefer not to have someone eat their steak well done. But listen, if you came in, you know, that's older Dave. I'm learning. It's like, hey, man, if that's how they want it, let's give them the best well done steak they've ever had. So when you're at a restaurant, you don't own the place, you're out with your friends, you're out with your family. What are some of the things you like to order from the menu at one of your favorite spots? Mm. You know, man, it depends. If, I, if I'm just going out with some friends and like say we're going to a Chinese restaurant or something, you know, I want the things that are not on the menu. You know, like you got to earn the right to like get treated well. And you don't have to be crazy wealthy. You just got to be a fan. Like being a fan of a restaurant is no different than being a fan of a sports team. And to get that access, you just got to show respect. You got to treat people well. And you got to say like, I want what you think is good. Don't even show me a menu. And being able to cook for guests that are like in it and are just like copacetic, that's, that's one of the best things. Cause in the hospitality business, we just want to make people happy. We want to give them the best experience all the time. And when you see a customer come in repeatedly and say, like, I trust you, cook me whatever you think is great, and it doesn't even have to be on the menu, it's like, hey, this is, this is like one of the best things you can ever happen. So I always tell people, if you like a restaurant and you want to be treated well, treat everyone well and, and tip well shower them with love and respect, say thank you, and also just have communication with them. Like, what do you think is good? So I always go off menu. I always like to have chef specials and stuff like that. Well, I'm glad that you validated something because I'm pretty sure I don't have to tell you this. People that look like me always order off the menu. <laughs> we always order off the menu. We mix up sides. <laughs> we mix up special. Hey, you know, I know that's the special, but I want to get the one you had last week also. But you said something that made my ears perk up. I heard the words Chinese food. Oh, man, I love Chinese food. And I always order something when I order it for people. They don't really know what it is. I always love to order the shrimp egg foo young patties. I've never even had that patty. What? You got oh, I got yes. I got to go with yes. you. You got to show me what this yes. is about. Yes, it's almost like what the episode of one of your shows I think I saw maybe it was your mom or your mother-in-law making an egg custard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's almost right, it's almost like a fried egg. It has onions in it and it comes in a patty. It's so good. I just had it in New York City. I ordered something from Uber Eats. It is so good. Now I get to turn you on the song. Done. I'm excited. I mean, that's the thing is I love ordering stuff that's new and different. Of course, I want the old standbys and a burger or something like that. But, man, variety is the spice of life. I appreciate you spending time. But before I let you get out of here, I have a segment called Gone in 60 Seconds, where we rapid fire some things that I was cooking on, pun intended. Because I knew you were going to join the show. <laughs> First up, ready to do this? We're going to start the clock at 60 seconds. And here 
we go. What is your favorite munchie? Oh, man. Uh, sour cream potato chips. American fried chicken or Korean fried chicken? I got to go with the OG. That is American fried chicken. I, I, that is a big statement from me. <laughs> That's a good one. I had to ask that one for myself, for real. <laughs> Best city in the world for street food. Best city in the world for street food, I will say uh, Singapore. Best restaurant for date night. Bernadette. 20 seconds. You got to pick a cookbook, Patty LaBelle or Julia Childs? Patty LaBelle, because I don't even know what the hell that would be. That would be amazing. <laughs> First, it was matcha. Then it was turmeric. What's going to be the next big trendy food ingredient? Uh, soy sauce. Mm, yeah. Last but not least, you ain't a real chef unless you have this in your kitchen. Man, you have a Vitamix. Vitamix. Yeah. That lets me know that I'm a halfway crook in the kitchen <laughs> because I don't have that, but I will get it. It's just a fancy blender. Thank you very much for taking the time. I appreciate the love. And we were supposed to be spending a lot more time at South Street Seaport. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure when it's COVID and everything ends, hopefully we get a chance to do so. That will be, it's going to happen. I promise. We'll, we'll get there. And I can't wait to serve you well-done steak, the best well-done steak you've ever had. <laughs> well, I matured, and once I got a black card, I started getting medium weight. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot. I appreciate the love. Hey, thanks, Jalen. Thank you, guys. Last call. This week's last call. I'm going to challenge you. Try new things. Tell me in the comments something you tried to eat that you have never tried or something that you felt like was not a part of your menu. That is, I'm one of those people that love sushi restaurants. Oh my goodness. But you know my favorite thing at them? The hot sake. I go to sushi restaurants, Nobu, Mr. Chang, Boa, it don't matter. You know what I order? Hot food. Never eaten sushi in my life. Ready for this? Never eaten sushi in my life. But I go to as many sushi restaurants as anybody in the world. And then all of a sudden, like the last, seeming like five to 10 years, sushi became a thing. It wasn't a thing when I was growing up. But the point I'm trying to make to you is be willing to broaden your horizons. Be willing to try new things, new experiences. Look deeper into the menu. I know I'm a frequent flyer. I do all of the same things all of the time. Go to the same gas station, go to the same bank, go to the same restaurants. I do the exact same thing. But it's time for each of us to spread our wings and fly away. Try something that you have not tried and come back and let me know in the comments once you subscribe, once you download, once you rate us, tell me something you went deeper into the menu to order because this David Chain podcast is going to become some special menu and I'm going to try to make some of the things that you turn me on to. I appreciate the support. Thank you for another week. We'll see you next Thursday. <laughs>